an anchor. God's word is the anchor of the soul of the redeemed. His inerrant word is settled in heaven. It is far beyond the contaminants and weaknesses of men and devils, and it reigns supreme over the affairs of men and devils. To the untrained, it often appears not to be the case, but it ain't over yet. When it is over, it will look like what Revelation twenty eleven fifteen describes. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. God's word will not return void. Isaiah fifty-five eleven. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, and it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Out of the mouth of Jesus Christ goes forth a two-edged sword, one side is justification, the other side judgment. We choose which side we receive. Matthew twenty-one forty-four, And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. You and I must choose. It's death or life, and the decision is entirely mine own. Jesus tells a Jewish ruler named Nicodemus this unprecedented truth in John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born again, it means born a second time. You and I were born the first time as a son or daughter of Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so. We were spiritually stillborn. When one is born again, born a second time, he or she is quickened, made alive by the Holy Ghost, and thus becomes a son or daughter of God. Dear visitor, have you yet to be born again? Today your name will be written in the book of life if you will follow me in a simple prompt. Today all of your sin and shame will be expunged from your record by Christ's cleansing blood you will become brand new. Today, all of Satan's bondages in your life will be broken. You will be free and clean. Your eternal soul is in your very own hand. Here is the prompt I promised. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the invisible kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Revelation 19:13, And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. 
God said, John 1, verse 14, And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God said, Colossians 1, 13 through 19, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Man said, Who needs Jesus when you can follow the science? Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 1,122, that will for the 1,122nd time certify the supernatural perfection of God's beautiful book. All of these faith-building features are archived here in text and streaming audio for the edification of God's beloved and to be used as bait for the fishers of men. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for visiting today. May God's face shine upon you and yours. This is part two in the God Said, Man Said series, The Singularity of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the maker of all things and the reason for all things, including you and me, whether one knows it or not. Colossians 1, 15 through 19. It pleases the Father that in Christ all fullness dwells. He is God's singularity and the allness of the universe, because that pleases the Father, and that's whether one knows or likes it or not. Four points of singularity were made in part one. Number one, the entire Old Testament revolves around Jesus Christ. Examples were cited from the very beginning in Genesis 1-3, where the true light, John 1, 9, was spoken into place on the first day of creation. The sun, moon, and stars were not created until the fourth day. A second marvelous example of the entire Old Testament revolving around Jesus Christ is the Jewish Passover and the slaying of the firstborn of all of Egypt who neglected God's warning. The homes of those who had applied the blood of the lamb to the doorposts and lentils were passed over. The Old Testament was a shadow of the Christ to come, and Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the Old Testament law. The Passover was the shadow of Calvary and Jesus Christ, and he fulfilled it on the cross. John the Baptist uh, speaks of Jesus Christ in John 1, 29. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. 
We are commanded to observe the Passover perpetually, and we do. We observe it in the Lord's Supper, or some call it Holy Communion. Jesus Christ was crucified on the Jewish Passover. Number two, one of the four forces of physics is known as the strong force, which is the force that literally holds us together. Without this strong force, we would just go poof and disappear, according to Dr. Michael Gillen, who writes in his book, Believing is Seeing, the following. We scientists believe the universe is pushed and pulled by four different forces. The strongest one, aptly named the strong force, holds together atomic nuclei the way corn syrup holds together popcorn balls. The strong force is at the very core of our physical beings. It's with, uh, it's what holds us together. Without it, poof, we would disintegrate uh, and blow away like dust in the wind. And that's not all. The strong force is a profound mystery. It originates deep within atomic nuclei out of sight and what we call quarks, the invisible and enigmatic components of protons and neutrons. No one's ever seen a quark. And if OCD is correct, no one ever will. Using the most powerful particle accelerators in the world, we bombarded the heck out of atomic nuclei in hopes of bursting loose a quark, but with no luck, end quote. The mystery of what holds things together is solved in God's singularity, Jesus Christ, Hebrews 1, 1 through 3, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken us uh, spoken unto us, excuse me, by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. All things are held together by the strong force, and that force is Jesus Christ. He upholds all things by the word of his power. It pleases the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Number three, laminin, an inert biological substance is considered the scaffolding upon which the organs and more are hung. Without it, no life could consist. Consider this picture of laminin. Coincidence, you think? Think again. In him all fullness dwells because this pleases the Father. Number four. Everywhere you look, you'll find Jesus Christ, but most of the world is willingly blind. To those whose eyes are open, he is seen everywhere, but the unredeemed are oblivious to it all. Point number four in the singularity was in the sign of the cross, where Christ is hung with hands lifted high and palms facing outward. This image has been branded on the psychic of the entire world, friend and foe alike. It is the sign of unconditional surrender, hands lifted up and palms facing outward. It is the universal sign of unconditional surrender, and it means the same thing in every language. Jesus Christ is built into every part of creation because this pleases the Father. He is everywhere. 
If this is the first feature you are visiting in this short series, we recommend that you stop here and start at the beginning. Much more detail has been published for your consideration. The singularities continue. That will demonstrate the absolute ubiquitousness of Jesus Christ, the King of glory, because this pleases the Father, that in him should all fullness dwell. Number five. The greatest wonder of the universe is a compilation of words of intent. This wonder of all wonders is the Word of God which is found in the majority text Holy Bible. For those who approach it with a humbled ear bowed down, it is certainly the allness, the singularity, the first and last word of all that matters. The Holy Word records the unvarnished history of all time. It describes how man fell from grace and how immortality in paradise was lost. It fully uncovers the way of escape and to the faithful introduces eternal life, even to the tree of life, the very fountain of youth, the living water. Consider the words of John 1, 11 and 12. He came unto his own and his own received him not, but as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. This wonder of wonders instructs us on how to engage the power of God and of his angels and how to war against the dark and deadly ranks of Satan. We are given instruction on how to bind strong men and cast out devils. This marvel of marvels is full of blessings and cursings and instructions on how to enjoy the one and avoid the other. Consider these wonders of God's word. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was God. John 1.14, which speaks of God's only begotten Son. And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Of Christ, Revelation 19.13 writes, and His name is called the Word of God. By necessity... Every book ever written must bow before this book because this pleases the Father. It is God's Word that carries man into and out of this world and into the next. The words that created all that is visible and invisible in heaven and on earth, which are personified in Christ Jesus, named the Word of God, are the wonder of wonders, the singularity. Number six. Christ is intimately woven into every detail of the universe. Yes, it is truly mind-boggling to consider. He is the oldness, the singularity. Yet the world is fully ignorant of the truth. John 1, verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Revelation 21, 12, and 13. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Note the reference to the alphabet. Jesus Christ is Alpha and Omega, the first and last letter of the Greek alphabet, and every letter in between and every word they form. Words are taken very seriously by God, 
All visible and invisible things were spoken into existence by God's words of intent. Jesus gives this warning in Matthew twelve thirty six and 37. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Sobering thought, don't you think? All of God's vocal critics should consider Jude 1, 14 and 15. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Words produce good or evil. They are prophetic by nature and in many ways predict our futures. Proverbs 18.21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. It is so true. Take heed. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. Keep an ear on the word association and Jesus Christ, the singularity, the allness, as we continue. Of Christ, Revelation 19, 13 states, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The Word of God is not mere printer's ink and paper. It is God, and it is his only begotten Son. The Word of God is living. John 1, 14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Every word ever spoken, by necessity, revolves around Jesus Christ, the Alpha and the Omega, because this pleases the Father. Each word and its combinations are either pro-Christ or anti-Christ. If it is true, it is pro-Christ. If it is false, it is anti-Christ. 2 plus 2 equals 4 is pro-Christ. 2 plus 2 equals 3.9 is anti-Christ. Every word, every thought, which is the compilation of silent words, revolves around Jesus Christ, who is the Word of God and the very origin of language. The first record of pro- or anti-Christ dialogue occurs in Genesis chapter 3, when Satan contradicts the words of God and our grandmother Eve follows where his evil words lead. In the beginning of this chapter, Adam and Eve were immortal and live in paradise. When they embrace the anti-God rhetoric of the devil, they end up at drive-by shootings, rapes, harmful lusts, wars, confusion of face, and death. Jesus Christ is the Alpha and the Omega and every word in between. Every book ever written and its aggregation of words must bow before Jesus Christ, and there are no, as in zero, exceptions. Colossians 1.19, for it pleased the Father, that in him should all fullness dwell. He is the allness, the singularity. Number seven, the first law of thermodynamics is a universal law of science and the beauty of the singularity at work. Dr. Henry Morris writes the following in his book, Many Infallible Proofs Concerning This Cardinal Law. Morris writes, the two basic laws of nature is recognized intuitively through the ages, 
and formalized scientifically in the past hundred years are laws of universal conservation and universal decay. The law of conservation, first law of thermodynamics, is a law of quantitative constancy. Nothing is now being created or destroyed, end of quote. The first law says you cannot create or destroy matter or energy. It can change form, but not be created or destroyed. God created it all by Jesus Christ, his singularity, during creation week just over 6,000 years ago. What God has done cannot be added to or subtracted from. Thousands of years ago, before science had ever arrived at its eureka moment, the wonder of wonders, God's word declares it for all to see. Approximately 3,000 years ago, this passage was penned in the beautiful book, Ecclesiastes 3, 14 and 15. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it that men should fear before him. That which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been. And God requireth that which is past. This is not a remote occurrence, not a fluke. The Holy Bible is replete with such amazing examples. Number eight. One historian said that in his day, Jesus Christ was known as Mary's bastard. This may sound like simple shock rhetoric, and I will grant you that such blasphemy is shocking and deeply offensive. However, keep in mind that today's Jewish leadership must believe that Jesus Christ was a fatherless child, or they instigated the crucifixion of their own Messiah. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah pens these words in Isaiah 7:14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. In the New Testament, Matthew 1, 18 through 25, it tells you how this all happened. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for what which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall give his he shall save his people, excuse me, from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. A dark carnal cloud hung over the head of this Christ from conception itself. 
One should also keep in mind that even though Jewish religious leadership viewed Jesus Christ as a fatherless child, a bastard, and a deceiver, many Jewish people have given their lives to Christ and stand as a mighty confession of faith. At the coming Armageddon, the Jewish people as a nation will grieve for their rejection of their Messiah and receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, as Zechariah 13 and 14 relays. As Christians, God directs us to pray for the Jewish people and seek their good. Could there be anything more 180 degrees out from that which is true? Carnaldom, Jew and Gentile alike, see Jesus as a fatherless child, when he was, in fact, the only begotten Son of the living God, full of grace and truth. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In 1 Corinthians fifteen forty five, Jesus Christ is known as the last Adam. And so it is written, the first Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. The eternal outcome of every man will hinge on how he interacts with the Adams. The first Adam sold us all into sin and death. The last Adam, Jesus Christ, God's mighty Redeemer, bought us back. And that's for all those that believe and call upon his name. Jesus Christ was not Mary's bastard. No, he was and is the only begotten Son of the Almighty God. He is God's singularity, the oldness, and everything revolves around him because that pleases the Father. Mark sixteen fifteen and 16 tells it well. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. God said, Revelation 19, verse 13, And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. God said, John chapter 1, verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God said, Colossians 1, 13 through 19, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in earth visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence, for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Man said, who needs Jesus when you can follow the science? Now you have the record.